We need someone to step forward and say, I'm staying, I'm rebuilding. We need a community leader, and it's going to be you, Quark. <laughs> community leader. <laughs> Seems reasonable. You have all the character references of a politician. Welcome to a new kind of content we're producing here in the damn woods. Uh, you boys, basically, we look for any excuse ever to talk about Star Trek, and uh, we found one. So, welcome to Yeet Space Nine, our DS9 rewatch. That's right, your boys, the content innovators. Innovators? What the fuck? Man, I've not been in in front of microphones near enough recently. Innovators. We're bringing Mm -hmm. you totally new styles of content that definitely haven't been done multiple times by other podcasts. They've never happened. This has never happened. This is brand new. You've never seen it anywhere but here, folks. So something we are going to be doing is since we have a lot of friends who are also Trekkies, um, we're going to bring them on kind of in, in a rotating guest pool. And this week, we have Car Campit from the Friends Against Government. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. No worries. It's wonderful that you managed to lock Bird in your trunk long enough to record this episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta keep him in there. He's yeah. he's uh, liable to come out and fly around talk about Star Wars or some bullshit. You know? <laughs> wily. This fucking guy. He's a wily one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. my favorite Star Trek character is Yoda, he says. Mm. Uh, yeah. This guy yeah. again. Get out. Who let but, you uh, in speak- here? Speaking of um, speaking of new content, I actually we got a little bit of a late start, and I've got to run in about an hour and do another Deep Space Nine uh, uh, episode with a couple other people that I'm mm-hmm. working okay. with. Okay. So noted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, this is not the only Deep Space Nine podcast. I'm yeah, I'm, on I'm, I've been booked all day. I've been booked all day. <laughs> yeah. So forgive me if I'm jumping around in the in the plot. I, this is the first pilot episode episode I've done today. But uh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So we are we are going through. Obviously, we're going to do a rewatch of DS Nine, everybody. And it's the first episode, a two parter, titled "The Emissary." I may have watched this episode more than any other single episode of Star Trek, and I say really? that specifically because. When I was like fucking, I want to say 12, we'd just gotten a new multimedia PC. And so for Christmas that year, I got this weird box like uh, gift pack called the like Federation Ambassador pack. I'm not joking that that was it was named something like that. And it contained the interactive CD-ROM of the technical manual for the Enterprise D. The Jake, are you getting a uh, Jake? Are you getting a head start on the ad copy? Yeah, for, yeah, for he's, working yeah, yeah. he's working on. He's working. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> he's getting out ahead of this. Uh, he it, it also contained a Klingon language CD, narrated but not spoken by um, Michael Dorn. <laughs> oh and God. finally, it included Emissary Parts One and Two on VHS. So that was an episode of Star Trek <laughs> that I had. So I could just rewatch it endlessly. I could rewatch re- it whenever watch, you wanted. I could watch that episode of Star Trek whenever I wanted. 
And so Back I did. Back to front. Yeah. Just over and over. That's hilarious. <laughs> and also completely reasonable. Like, I liked it. Like, the design of this pack was like, hey, we're going to give you an interactive CD-ROM and a bunch of, you know, an actual an audio CD and also a VHS tape. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was 1998. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. I, mean, I was that, just looking that up was the, the uh, like the, yeah, no, that's, that's wild as shit. I was, I was looking up the interactive technical manual and uh, boy, howdy, is this a thing you could have on your computer? Oh man, it was hype as hell. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus was, Christ. Yeah, it fucking ruled. It was so good. It was it's a it's a I mean it's it's a functionally like they're like here's a bunch of it's a it was, I assume was there sound and audio involved in this kind of thing? Oh, yeah, sound of and course. audio. Okay. Multimedia CD ROM. Okay, okay. just making sure. Hey, I didn't know if they like just sold you a licensed PDF, you know? <laughs> I mean that would be wild. <laughs> like what's up? Here's a here's a CD with a PDF on it. Anyway, later kid. <laughs> Thanks for the sixty bucks. Forty-five minute download. If nobody picks up the phone. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> man, that was man. What a wild era the fucking nineties were for this kind of shit. Like, cause like you don't like obviously you don't see this shit now. Like I I can see like the most the like the nearest thing we have anymore is like people who make websites to explain things they make. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so fucking the emissary. Good lord, what a wild intro to this fucking episode! Like they were trying to, you know, the, TNG was out. It was big. Yep. It's and huge. so it was like, okay, we need to tie it to TNG mm-hmm. to really Somehow. get people on board. Yep. Mm-hmm. And boy, did they! I guess. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> they got yeah. at least three of us. Um, so the, the, the intro is like the battle of Wolf, whatever, Wolf 359, uh, where Locutus, uh, of Borg, not Locutus of another place, uh, you know, led the Borg fleet in an attack on Starfleet. Yeah. Which previously in Star Trek folks, guess what? We're going to be doing this all the time, uh, had only been, they, they'd only seen the wreckage like that had only been shown yeah. on screen was the Enterprise D shows up and oh Christ. <laughs> too late. Guess what? <laughs> uh, we're boned. Everyone got mm. boned already. Fuck. Yeah. The, the wreck of the Saratoga they run into. Um, and so in this battle to give you just to add a little more drama to the show. Uh, the new new captain of the series, Benjamin Sisko, was the lieutenant commander of the USS Saratoga. Mm-hmm. Mm. And boy, howdy, does he... He loses his wife and immediately is, like, he gets to talk to Jean-Luc Picard. Because oh, yes, that scene is incredible. It's so good. And, like, any time they interact... Like you could see, like like uh, the guy who plays Cisco, I forget his fucking name. Um, like he's like a ba- just barely restrained rage. Yes, and it's like this is really like unreasonably good for a Star Trek pilot. Yeah, that- yeah, it is. It's it. It feels like they're picking up almost mid series in, in terms of the actors and a lot of the character development. 
Yeah. And I mean, really, especially for, you know, starting out. So two whole Star Trek series started with text on screen. Yep. Yep. Both DS9 and Voyager is like, hey, we're going to we're going to lead in with some text. Yeah. But then this kind of gets direct to like, okay, thanks for reading that paragraph. Now we're going to do some ship to ship combat better than TNG ever showed it. Yeah. And that got everyone all hyped up and excited about, oh, Mm -hmm. shit. Wow. It's that one battle again. But yeah, it's that battle we didn't get to see. Yeah. I mean, years ago. It was pretty, pretty fucking intense. Like, yeah, dude. Just, oh, hey, okay, okay, out of nowhere. We're doing this. Yeah, this is what happens when Starfleet loses. <laughs> it turns out a lot of people die because they keep their families on the ships. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Maybe, maybe uh, not great. Maybe a mistake. I mean, here's the deal. Just <laughs> be more like Klingons and stop having families. So that, that's how you do it. That's, that's, that would solve the problem. That's yeah. the way to yeah. avoid liability entirely. That's, that's <laughs> how you solve liability in the far future. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. But no, yeah, so this this whole fucking thing is like this. It's it's this super like weird character uh, establishment. And they're like, I don't know. I don't know who made the call to have uh, fucking Miles O'Brien. Chief of operations. Uh, you know, on the series, but good on them because he's gonna, fucking perfect. I'm going to throw it out there. Um, probably Cole Meany's agent. Yeah, no, I mean, almost certainly. He's <laughs> like, and are you tired know, maybe, of being the teleporter guy? Maybe fucking Rick Berman <laughs> or something. I don't know. Could be. Uh, I mean, maybe Berman. But yeah, it was the, 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 the effort they went through to tie it to the previous yeah. series. It's like, oh, and remember this kind of background character from TNG? You know, he had a couple episodes. Here mm-hmm. he is. He's here, and he's a main character, and we're going to fuck with him for seven years. Well, he's the any man, <laughs> so he's the easiest one to fuck with. He is the biggest target. Um, Man, fucking Miles O'Brien. But, like, uh, right off the bat, O'Brien is great. He's really, like, really it, good. He, at no point is Cole Meany underacting you know what i mean like he's he's like he's he's like i've been given a shot to actually be a main character and i'm gonna miles o'brien this shit up super hard he does yeah he's great i mean yeah he's let's great. let's be real here cole meany good cole actor Meany, great actor just fucking yeah. just cross the board like yeah, if you yeah. have not seen him in something else i urge you to go watch at least one of his other roles because he's legitimately like, it'll be a weird, a surprising thing at first when you're like, why is Chief O'Brien so angry? <laughs> yeah, he, he like, shows up in those, like, kind of, like, uh, NCIS-like type shows every now and then. I'm like, holy shit, like, from the early 2000s or yeah. maybe not NCIS, but just, you know, some of those shows, shows like you're that, like, yeah. and you're like, wow, that's, that's weird, but good. Yep, yep. Decently <laughs> underutilized actor. 100%. Anyway, uh, so we get introduced to the, the whole shtick of DS9 is that the Cardassians have abandoned a Cardassian space station, a trade station. And I assume in Cardassian terminology, that also was the well, war station. It was like <laughs> war and also war processing slavery. Yeah, managing the Bajorans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was 
pretty much it. It was uh, it was rough. Like, <laughs> there's no, there's there's no getting around it. It was fucking rough. There's never a point in Star Trek where there's a danger of portraying the Cardassians in a positive light, except for one character in this series. And that's yeah. Garrick. Well, and and this is this also kind of represents the Cardassians going from uh, just some fucking randos because like the last couple seasons of of TNG. It's like, oh yeah, these guys, we beat the shit out of them in a war or whatever. They're just assholes. Yeah. Like, that, that, that's like, pretty like much Romulans, how they're regarded. But dumber. <laughs> they do take the opportunity to fuck with O'Brien, of course, on TNG, Obviously. where it's like... They, they do. O'Brien is racist. It's like, yeah, he's racist because he fought them. <laughs> and it was bad. Yeah. It turns out the Cardassians are shitheads with prison camps. Yeah, he's not going to like them. Like, <laughs> they are... I would argue about as close. Oh, it's really weird, you know, because every there's a lot of it's a product of the United States, right? Like every Mm -hmm. race in Star Trek has some type of tie to a governmental system or whatever. Something, Um, yeah. Yeah, the the Cardassians are just kind of straight up fascists. Oh, yeah, no. Cardassians, super cops. Yeah, they are like the cop race. Like, they, they are the cops of Star Trek beyond all other other cops. Um, they do the, uh, they, they have like, you know, the extensive secret police everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is that? The like, the Obsidian Squad or something? The, Obs- <laughs> the Obsidian, Obsidian squad? squad. Oh, shit, that's yes. what it's called now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Obsidian Order, yeah. The Obsidian Order, that's what it is, yeah. Um... And then you have, but like the only other, the only other people who had like that kind of like notable intelligence and like, you know, evil, like CIA style intelligence were the Romulans and the Federation. Yeah. Like the Romulans had, uh, who'd the Romulans have? What was the Romulan thing? Uh, Tal Shiar. Tal Shiar, that's right. That's right. And then the Federation was, you know, never talked about till recently, I think, Section 31. I think it's like that's kind of it wasn't like a super big thing. Which that's actually like once once we get around to it, like man, Section Thirty One, mm-hmm. very inconsistent portrayal. Oh yeah, in Star Trek, like everything Definitely. from hey, you guys aren't fucking real, and you're just a maniac who has broken into my room, to yeah. Section Thirty One, what are you doing here? Like it's everything <laughs> yeah. in between. Yep. Like, I mean, I think that's kind of like a, a byproduct of every episode being written by a different group of writers, you know? That's, that's true, but at the same time, like, I, I really wish they'd kind of figure out what Section 31 <laughs> is supposed to be. Because, like, is it so deep cover that nobody thinks it exists until they show the fuck up? Or is it like, mm-hmm. oh, the fucking admiral sent in the fucking, <laughs> the fucking cops again. God damn it. The Section space 31's CIA here. is Shit. here. Yeah. What what are they doing? Well, they're fucking they're selling drugs to children, I guess. Yeah, what you know, the fucking space CIA like <laughs> Which Jesus. by the by, have you guys seen any of uh, Discovery season 2? I haven't finished it yet. I have finished season 2 okay. and it is boy howdy. We're, is it's it like yeah, we're we're about to mm. fucking <laughs> you know, spoiler whatever, who cares. The they're basically it. like we're about to <laughs> we're about to MK Ultra Spock. No big deal, yeah. whatever. <laughs> like, that's a yeah. whole fucking deal. Section thirty-one is like I I do not understand how like r- like ridiculously 
cartoonishly like they like they try to make them sympathetic in discovery vaguely and well yeah like and you know for they like uh, as the season two kind of goes on they do a little more but like at the same time they're always doing wildly evil shit non-stop also they're like better equipped and trained than starfleet oh 100 they like they're starfleet and, but good at fighting and in discovery they seem more numerous which is really confusing like Man, the fucking Section 31's everywhere, and, like, we never see another Starfleet ship that isn't crashed. (laughs) Yep. Or Section 31 is not stealing or something. Yeah. Yeah. But in any case, Section 31 is not here yet. Not here yet. No. So. Yeah, no, we have. Don't get too uh, excited, folks. Yeah, yeah, don't. Well, that's season four, right? Um, No, so we have... uh, We we get introduced to Kira Norris... And Odo and our the fre- favorite of the show, Quark. Yes. Um, pretty quick in pretty quick succession. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, hey, the, like the uh, Cisco and his kid arrive on the station, and you find out the Cardassians just broke everything and left. Yep. Literally, just like, they were just like their way out. Just disappeared through the, the wormhole, shops. right? No, no, that comes. That's uh, later. The 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 Cardassians no. just they disappear. They send a warship to. They're like we're gonna get the orb and like I guess, fucking orbs, man. Yeah, yeah, these orbs. Um, Everyone the fucking orbs, get high are, on these are, orbs. They are a plot device for the series. They are orbs. Um, you could what just call they? them the plot device, and it would work. It actually would for Star Trek. This is the plot device. Amazing. Tell me the made up science words you have for it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so you meet a bunch of uh, criminals getting up to some criminal stuff, looting shops. And yep. uh, one of them is Nog, a young Ferengi. And Nog is the most annoying character in this whole fucking show. You know, mm-hmm. yes, and yet. This is the thing that I love about DS9. And of course, it's going to sure. take us a while to get there. But yeah, yeah. there's very few characters that they just say, well, fucking later. Like, they, there's the core cast stays yeah. pretty much the same. It does. And I got to say, like, just coming out and saying it right now, because we also already met, you know, Jake Sisko. Yep. Benjamin Sisko's kid. Jake Sisko is the not shitty Wesley Crusher. I'm just coming out Ooh. and saying it right now. That's mm. pretty true. Because, you know, he's still a kid. He's still kind of annoying. But it's the same actor. He stays on all seven seasons. And he yep. actually gets an arc. Like, he changes as a character. And they all change as characters. It's really fantastic. Yeah, that, that I will say that is something this track does better than previous tracks. Like, mm-hmm. the characters develop quite a bit. Like, TNG has some. There's character development that exists. I'm not saying it doesn't. Right, but, but it's, like, it's still DS9 mostly is, encapsulated. It's like built, yeah, DS9, it's like built in. Because mm-hmm. um, like Cisco, when he arrives in the Emissary versus Cisco at the end when he's at the war, you know, he's in the Dominion War, Cisco, different dude. Yeah, he's uh, he's gotten pretty fucked. They've all gotten pretty fucked up. Oh, it's not a great and time. I, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, no, no. You know, it, and, and th- this is... Kind of the other part of it, because as we as we move through this first episode, um, emissary is yep. a very strong start 
to a very difficult to watch season. Yeah. Mm. Like, um, I mean, Car, way in here. Like, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you know this episode. You recently yeah. rewatched this episode. Mm-hmm. And then contrast it against what you know to be coming, even though you're not yeah. going to be recording it every episode necessarily, but still. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I it's. Yeah, it's wild. It's it's wild, and it definitely delves into territory that a lot of sci-fi shows get into. Uh, that I've actually yeah. I, I wrote an essay about it at one point. Basically, Jesus, the desire of sci-fi shows to be Star Trek: The Next Generation. Hmm. Interesting. And this is a thing that multiple shows I've just watched fall into. Where uh, yeah, There's, I, I can think of a few off off the head of my head. Yeah, I mean, my go to example is Stargate Atlantis. I was yeah. literally gonna bring. There we go. Boom. Where yeah, they like they arrive and oh shit, we're we're on this fucking abandoned city and we've got all this shit to deal with. Oh no, and we don't know how to control it. And then by the end of the first episode, they've like figured out pretty much all the controls and they have some ships and. They're, they've fought off the, the bad guys. And then by like a couple seasons in, it's like, oh, yeah, we're just cruising around in the Prometheus. No big deal. <laughs> like, just, yeah. Yes, just hauling yes. ass all over the galaxy. Like, we're on a weird new planet this week. Hmm. That's familiar. Yeah. That's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stargate Atlanta. Or, yeah. SDA definitely falls into it super fucking hard. Yeah. Um, and oh. universe. It almost. It almost. It almost starts to feel like um, a little bit like, and I don't want to be like belittle it because you know no. I love all the I, I love all this stuff, but it almost starts to feel like a little bit like a um, uh, almost yeah, and not and and absent the humor, but almost like a sitcom where it's like okay, we're gonna take this squad of people and just introduce them into different scenarios, rather like you know just classic sitcom like always sunny or something like that, where yeah. it's like okay, we have these squad of people and then now they're doing this and then now they're doing this. Where where some of the more um, interesting Star Trek that I like is is truly, you know, character development. And some people will come and go and uh, and so on. But TNG and and those that seemingly might mimic it get a little bit stuck in a rut from time to time. It seems where it's the same characters and they're just going from different scenario to different scenario yeah. with no real you know. no connection. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's yeah. That's one hundred percent like. I'd say the first season of Deep Space Nine especially mm-hmm. falls into that, and then the producers and writers actually manage to drag it out of that trap. Mm. Whereas yeah. whereas other series, it's just like, man, that one show with Picard was really great. <laughs> they just lean yeah. into it. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yes, that that is kind of the direction these things move. as um, as Because, again, the pilot is, I, I think, really strong. It does... Like, mm-hmm. there's some things about it that it's like, man, you're trying to get an American audience to care about, like, this weird spiritual uh, race that's had, you know, some jackbooted thugs on their <laughs> neck for a while. Good luck, because America does not yeah. historically care about that type of population. Right. But it's still, like, it manages to do it admirably. Compared to TNG, where it's just like, yo, we got the diversity hire. Hey, Ro, how's it going? 
<laughs> roller in the diversity hire. She like not, not overshadowing, but she's like straight up is. It's like Starfleet's like, hey, we want to get these people in the Federation. Uh, this is part of your bridge crew now. This lady is part of your bridge crew now. And like, wow, she's insubordinate and really mean. Like, too bad. <laughs> you can't get rid of her. Yeah, yeah, no, she's. I also. BT dubs, not a fan. Did not like her as a character. No, no, and <laughs> and so it's kind of interesting that Deep Space Nine. They're already like fighting an uphill battle where they're like, okay, we need to get people to care about the Bajorans in a way we have failed to do on TNG. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. and they were considering bringing back Rolaren, and I forget the exact thing that they ran into, but I think it was um, they didn't want to pay royalties. Because if they use a character that somebody else wrote, then they had to pay royalties to whoever came up with that character in perpetuity. So they invented a new character. Yep. And so in doing so, we got the better Rolaren. We got Kieran Reese. 100% did. Kieran Reese, like, here's the deal. Kieran Reese is a, like, yeah. Like, I, I am like, Bajorans are kind of like, in Star Trek terms, I'm like, man, you're kind of irritating a lot. You like, guys are just annoying. Just like you're super, like a lot of you are super whiny and you just don't, like I get the Cardassians were real shitty to you for like years, but also they're not right now. So everyone calm down and quit fucking, you know, terrorist bombing each other. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, no, like I, I will say Kieran Reese like starts off and you're like, you, like when you first get introduced, you're like, oh man, this lady's a super hard ass, has been in the camps, etc. And, you know, she hates Cardassians, possibly as much as Chief O'Brien. No one I, knows. I think probably more. Probably also, a little more. <laughs> doesn't doesn't much care for cops. No, like right, no, right she does like, not. <laughs> but like her immediate reaction to Cisco being there is just like fucking Starfleet. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> he's fucking. Yeah. We got yes. rid of one set of cops, and the next set's right. It's here already. Fucking great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Not a fan. There is a, <laughs> not a scene fan. later in the show where Garak and Quark are talking about Starfleet, God, and it is I love one that. of my no. We got we got to keep that in the back scenes. pocket because that is an amazing scene. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Ooh. And it, it's so especially fucking like, good. As a as a big at time fucking techno utopian myself, I'm definitely yeah, yeah. like, yeah, no, they're right. <laughs> yeah, I respect them. They're <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> they are. They are not incorrect on this. <laughs> oh god. But yeah, no. But, uh, yeah. Kira, Kira shows up strong, like right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on, honestly, she's one of my favorite. I mean, I don't like you. You were right to call out Nog. But I also yeah. can't really think of a character I dislike on DS9. Yeah. And for what it's worth, there's there like I don't like Nog as a character. I think the I think like it's kind of an annoying character. There are still good scenes with Nog through the show. Oh yeah. Like and there's not there's parts where you're like, yeah, fucking go get him, Nog. Good job. And Nog as a character evolves and changes as totally. do they all. He becomes he becomes one of the first Ferengi fucking Starfleet kids. Or Starfleet I, officers. I guess I don't like early Bashir. At the start early of the show. <laughs> like at the start early of the show. Early Bashir exists entirely to be horny and also upset Chief O'Brien. He, he's like, 
a fucking that's his character horn, he's a horny limey bastard at the yeah. start like that's his whole he's, deal he is an anglo and he is annoying <laughs> as shit this fucking <laughs> anglo just ruining shit in space he like shows up and then is like racist to an oppressed people like just leaning into the anglo thing immediately like <laughs> 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 like kira fucks with him about it it's kind of fun yeah it was, it was good as hell he's like oh yeah to bring bring medicine to primitive to people the front, like oh, to you the fucking, frontier you, and you're like jesus you, christ you, you limey piece of shit <laughs> right out of the gate but then again over the course of the show really grow to light like he actually he encounters something that I feel like I've had, not to the same extent, certainly, but in my yeah. life, where I used to be a cocky piece of shit, and then life slapped me around enough that I went, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not, all right, I'm not all that, I get it, I get it. And mm-hmm. eventually Bashir has that happen, which is very refreshing. I, and Bashir's character, like, at least the, the arc you see is, like, initially, like, he seems like a very cocky doctor right out of med school. He's all cocky and bright-eyed and optimistic and extremely I, horny. I care about things. Also, erection. <laughs> also, you know, like, I have a boner. Calm. Also, don't down. look down. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. But yeah, no, like, I will say, like, as annoying as Bashir is... Him providing a foil to O'Brien is the, one of the best parts of the show. Especially, I mean, it it definitely provides like very bright spots in the first season. Well, and O'Brien is easily foiled yeah. just because <laughs> Cole, Cole Meany is is so like damn good. Like yeah. he's just so good at that. that ah, man, I just love his character, and I, I love him in all of the Star well, Trek know, series. O'Brien but, is such a favorite, and people yeah. people talk shit about O'Brien because like on, he was underutilized on Next Generation. But he yeah. was he, he was super underutilized but this show is where he really shines you get he to does. know him mm-hmm. you get to know his kids you get to know keiko yeah, and, yeah that's right and it's great and yeah they do eventually overuse the all right we've got our any man time to yeah. fuck with him yep <laughs> is, is, <laughs> Let's some, roll. is there an evil mysterious alien this week I bet it hates the Irish. Time, time to put <laughs> O'Brien in time jail. Like, it, 100% a thing. But at the same time, there's a reason they do that. And it's because you can empathize with it. Because you end up yeah, yeah. liking O'Brien. Like, oh, he's a family yeah, man. He's, he's not an officer. He's just doing his job and he's good at his job. So, yep. you know, take that mm-hmm. as you will. And then, and he's just a great. He's a great character to watch with other characters. Like yeah. just his interaction with every single other character is always. I, I enjoy mm-hmm. it totally. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think the next one we meet is Dax. No, we meet Odo, another uh, show favorite. Odo, Odo's, I love Odo. Like Odo is the, perhaps the biggest cop on the station, but he is such a good character. It doesn't matter. It right. Yeah, it really is the case. Yeah. No, he's ah. He is very strange at the start. And that was the intention, right? Like, they're like, who the fuck is this guy? He's weird. He's not Starfleet. He's not Starfleet. He's just some dude. He doesn't doesn't obey Starfleet regulation stuff with regards to law enforcement. Nope. No, he's fucking waterboarding people all the time. (laughs) We keep asking (laughs) him to stop. And also in one scene was apparently hanging out in a bucket for a while. Just chilling. Uh, 
which is a which is a like a, a pretty nice intro to the you know the, the season premiere. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the series premiere. Series premiere. Here's, here's Look, in a bucket. Sometimes he's in a bucket. That's his deal. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you like. I will say they they definitely utilize. What was it? Fucking uh, Troy, Deanna Troy's mom. Later in the season, later in the series. Oh mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. With the the Odo scene, the Odo in an elevator scene is very like it. It that could have been very bad, but comes out very sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So Odo is. Like the first time you meet Odo is uh, him roughing up a, a criminal real hard, and then fucking Cisco telling him to stop for some reason. <laughs> like Cisco, Cisco fucking phasers the dude, which is probably not great to experience. Not but especially. Odo was just like shoving him around a little bit. I'm like, I don't need. I don't understand why. Like Cisco, like that. Like I understand stun settings in the series. But like that, that seemed like I like I like I would not be like you don't get to you don't get to scold me after you just shot a guy, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, hey, I just I just freaked him out and caused him yeah. to run away. Uh, you shot him, so yep. <laughs> I don't know, man. Moral high ground is still mine, friend. <laughs> but uh, that whole scene's pretty good, and like you get introduced to Nog as a little fucking troublemaker. And you get to see some of the aliens you don't normally ever see in Star Trek, who are just like I think forget it's the same species as the guy who's always at Quark's bar. Is he the same species? I think as it Warren? is. I think it's the he, same. He looks yeah, similar. I, think, yeah. I mean, you know, he's got some shit Wait, on who, his forehead. It is Star Trek. Yeah. Who is this? Oh, the the guy who's um who's working with Nog, who's totally a side character, like irrelevant. He's, yeah. he's an irrelevant character. He's he's yeah, but okay. he's he, like you don't see a whole lot of that species besides. Like in Quark's bar, okay, yeah, and something something of note. So like you, and then you meet Quark immediately, and yes. Quark is distrusting of everybody, mm-hmm. as as you should. Uh, he doesn't trust Starfleet. Doesn't trust this fucking this Odo. Doesn't trust this Bajoran lady. <laughs> no, he doesn't trust anybody. But it does bring up a pretty cool uh, little, uh, again, uh, a little bit of a touching moment where where he kind of goes to bat for Odo. He does. He does. That, like, that happens a lot in the show. That's okay. That's actually the series. Like, yep. Those two characters will never admit to liking each other. I don't think that they are friends. In seven seasons. <laughs> they admit to liking each other, but they no. are friends. They save yeah, each other's yeah. lives a ton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, they like, they'll yep. go to bat for each other, all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. But like, they will never ever tell each other that they're friends. They'll never tell anyone else that they don't hate that motherfucker. <laughs> Not at all. And it's great. It is a great it's one of the better things about the series. And like also I will say, Quark DS9 did something I really liked, obviously, because I do I think the Ferengi are fun. It made the Ferengi into bigger than just weird big eared horn dogs. Right, yeah, yeah. God, because that was their... Well, they wanted him to be a major villain on TNG, and nobody they made took them, them seriously. incredibly stupid. Yeah. Yeah, they were awful. Like, like okay, these I weird, re- so bad slavers who are just fucking morons. Yeah, they're, they're dumb as shit, and they have allegedly weird tech, and, like, that's okay. I, yeah. I, so I, I, I kind of went through... And like, I'm like, that sounds like every other Trek villain. Basically, actually. <laughs> yeah, you, you have not successfully differentiated them. 
Yeah. I, see, I see you've checked both boxes here, Mr. Writer. Uh, looks weird and also weird tech. Yep, got him. <laughs> must Boom, must it. be a villain. It's the bad guy. <laughs> uh, so no, so you have um, like I so I, I as I just kind of like a, a, a refresher. I kind of want to take a look at TNG's uh, first season. Uh, just as like a, I was like, how how radically different are these two? And they are insane for one, but like the you see the Ferengi for the first time in the first season, and like Quark talks like a normal fucking person, just yeah. like every other main character alien does. I mean, they have every a- Ferengi mm-hmm. in that in the in TNG early is just like greetings, human, and you're like, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Just way over the top. All right, all right. We're gonna need you to really lean into this. Yeah. Can you pronounce that a like an o real hard the whole time? But only for this I know, word. I, I need you to go through the nose more when you're talking. Yeah. Like less, I know this word usually has nose. two syllables, but we're gonna need it with ten. <laughs> it's rough as shit. But you no. Know, so you meet. You meet fucking Quark, and then they, I think, they have the meeting with Quark real soon right after, right? Yeah, because they arrest Nog. They and arrest Nog, and he's trying to get Nog out. Yeah, because he's planning to leave. Because the yep. station's trashed, the expectation terrible. is the Bajoran government's about to collapse. Yep. And it's just like, well, fuck this. Yeah, which is, you know, reasonable. But they, uh, they, they do the infamous community leader bit. And uh, so good, community leader. Community leader. <laughs> you could be a real leader in this community. Uh, and like the like the laugh and like the switch is super quick. It is. It's it's so great. It's just fantastic. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He like kind of like tilts his head like hmm. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, uh, yeah. You uh, listeners get ready for a lot of this anytime Quark and Odo do something charming because that's pretty much what we're gonna do. This this again in the future episodes. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah. So <laughs> the the community leader bit happens and then Quark uh, decides to stay. Nog gets out. And I think the first of many times of Quark, I think we see we see Quark yell at Nog, right? No, we don't. Not this episode. No, yeah, yeah, no, no. a little Wait. bit. Yeah, no. Uh, anyway, it's it regardless. Uh, so we meet Dax next, and Dax is Dax is Benjamin Sisko's old friend, but in a new body, and. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fucking weird. I will say I did like uh, of the first season episodes, the episode where they deal with Trill and uh, whatever Dax's symbiote is being different people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. I forgot about that. Yeah. Pretty good. Because Um, it's like a it's like a a really brief scene, right? Where it's the whole episode. I was going to say, because it's like the symbiote. When it joins with a uh, individual, then that makes a new individual, yeah. even though the same yeah, right, contains right. all of the memories, yeah. and et cetera. I, I guess maybe I'm just thinking about when they're pulling it out of like uh, the last host and, and then putting it. Oh, yeah. No, no. So, yeah, the, uh, the oh, intro okay. episode, you see that. We do see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying yeah. like there's a, there's a first there's a first season episode where they it's almost like their version of the episode of TNG where they, they prove that data is human or data is a, an individual. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they they and, do uh, have, and you know, again, not to get too ahead of ourselves or anything. Sure, um, but a charming lack of 
struggling with machine personhood on this series. Because Mm. TNG, they, like, can barely grasp it. And then Voyager, like, three separate times just shuts the doctor down. Like, I don't care if you're sapient, basically. Yeah. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. You're annoying. Get back in the medical bay. (laughs) Get back in the box. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's rough. Um, But no, so, yeah, so we meet Dax. Dax's intro scene's pretty brief, but, like... It establishes like it, it doesn't immediately establish her whole shtick. Uh, that actually gets handled in the second part. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she's like, "Hey, blah blah blah, what's up, Benjamin Cisco? I know you from back in the day." And she's like, 22. Mm-hmm. and also a mega mommy. Oh, one hundred percent. I don't think yeah. anyone can debate that. Dax <laughs> no. is the mega mommy of the entire first five seasons. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's there. It's, it's there. It's, every, that's it's just a fact. Super is. It's just yeah. science. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, folks, we don't make we the have, rules. We don't make. We, yeah, listen, us, guys. We don't. We don't. We don't make them. We just. We observe. We them. observe, I mean, observe they, the they rules. Exist. That's our job. We um, observe them aggressively. Obviously, our uh, a lot of our uh, lesbian listeners, our listeners who are attracted to uh, a little bit of the, the butch side. Are big Kieran Reese fans? True. <laughs> like that's like a reason. thing that we like Oz and I know as a fact, just based on extensive Star Trek arguments in DMs that we've had with people. Yes, <laughs> yes. Kira is extremely popular, especially in some episodes that we will get to farther down the line, much farther down. Yeah, the line. there. I can immediately think of one, and I know exactly which one. Anyway, uh, yeah, so we meet Dax, though. Dax is fun, and immediately Julian is horny, Julian Bashir. He's yep. always horny. He's the horniest like, man. Fucking calm down, Limey. Jesus. This, this horny, Limey bastard who just assumes uh, he's everybody's friend because he showed up from fucking London town. It's tr- he actually, that is his personality. <laughs> is like, I, everyone must love me. And everyone's like, you're kind of a dick. Yeah, Except guy. for Garrick, who's like, I'm a spy. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> With the Obsidian Order. Also, I'll fuck anything. 100%. <laughs> Garrick is pansexual, yeah. I think. I think it's established Garrick in the beta canon, but he's just like, what's up? I don't think Garrick gives a shit about anything. Uh, Garrick, what's up, Garrick? everyone yeah, and what's everything? Up? Are you not moving and also willing? Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when you're a spy, uh, you got to take it where you can get it. It's very true. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. sometimes you got to go deep cover. Uh, but no, he's <laughs> he is a great character. We'll talk about him more later. Uh, you don't meet Garrick till the second episode. Um, but he is part of the core cast. He is the he is thank God part of the core cast because mm-hmm. without him, like without him and like. He is part of what develops Bashir as a character also. Yes. The mm, Bashir-Garrick yeah. friendship is extremely rad and good. Um, anyway, so we get to this point where, like, these weird Bajorans... Bajor, so, like, the Bajorans are real fucking religious. Mm-hmm. Like, some of them are real religious. Some of them are just like, I like to blow things up. I mean, and that's they've like been insurgents like, for years at this point. They have been, they are used to it. They're like, I if I don't hear an explosion, I think something's wrong. Right. Um, hey, I've been in a concentration camp and I'm extremely traumatized. So I kind of rely on this. 
guess who's going to <laughs> detonate a bomb every morning at 7 p.m. 7 a.m. <laughs> um, but no, so the, the the Bajorans are like the religious Bajorans are. I believe their faction is trying to kind of unite everyone, all the disparate factions on the planet. Mm-hmm. And Cisco gets uh, accosted by like a random Bajoran monk kind of guy. And he's like, hey, I, you know, come check this thing out. Come check out our fucking, you know, religious leader. And you're like, great. And even Cisco's like, great. <laughs> well, because Cisco, we established early on, he's like, he doesn't want to be there. He's like, no, fuck this. I'm out. I want to go. Like See he's, you guys later. I, yeah, he is definitely he he is doing his job, and he is like raising his son on an on a fucking Cardassian, you know, ore processing station. Right. Now. <laughs> and I mean, he straight up tells and, Picard, like, yeah. He quits. Yeah, it's like I. You should find a replacement. Yeah. Uh, and then that leads to that scene where he goes back and saying that he's basically saying that he's not going to quit. And I don't even remember how it goes, but it's like really stern and like cool. It is ex- stern and cool is pretty much Cisco the entire time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's Cisco yeah. shtick. That is his deal. What does he? What does he say to uh, uh, Picard though? He's like. I don't. Uh, ah, man, I could. I, I don't remember, but it was yeah. a, it was a cool scene. I, I I agree. It was an exceptional scene. I do not remember what the fuck he said. Yeah. Um. And then also in this episode, we meet series uh, series quasi villain Gold Ducat. Mm-hmm. Fucking and, uh, fucking the knuckles the hedgehog of this series. Oh, big time! One hundred percent. Uh, he is, uh, he is, he is just a wild character. He's like, he's not even a good villain. He's just a villain. Yeah, he's he's um, just a real. He's, he's a just real, a real sack of shit. He's a real <laughs> slimy asshole. And he even is. in moments, even moments where he's like, "Hey, I'm helping you guys out," it's like this fucking guy. Oh, great! You Gold can't Ducat's trust this here. piece of shit. I'll no. tell you that right and now. It's proven time and again that you can't trust that piece of shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. <laughs> Amusingly, first mm-hmm. on-screen appearance of Cardassians, that was that actor. Oh, I didn't know that. The guy that. who ended up playing um, Gold Ducat, which I Interesting. think hmm. I think he had a role in kind of like creating Cardassians as we knew them. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Like, because, you know, they get mentioned and whatever. It's like, okay, how are we going to portray like a military hierarchy species the, and one that's not honor driven or right yeah we already have just, klingons yeah we already have klingons we already have romulans who are these guys and so and of course i'm completely blanking on the man's name um, uh his name is mark alemo yeah he actually yeah, yeah, yeah. he he was in tng four times and one of those is a cardassian i believe yeah, as uh, as Masset. Yes, but he was also as Frederic La Rouge, and the uh, Romulan commander Tebok, and Badar Nadid, the lonely among us. I think he does a reasonable, reasonable Romulan, but I mean, he sure. is the Cardassian. He is a great Cardassian. Mm-hmm. 
He's a real sack of shit. And like Goldicott's character is real sack of shit. He's fucking great at it. Like the whole time you're like, man, you are you are a shithead and I do not like you. And that is like that is a credit to his acting. That dude's acting ability. Mm -hmm. I will say. Anyway, for sure. So we we get the first glimpse of the wormhole in this episode where Cisco and Dax meet. Uh, they, they go into the wormhole as like a like a routine, whatever the fuck, routine uh, mission. Yeah. And uh, they're like, this is after Cisco meets the fucking the religious leader of Bajor who gives him a vision of his dead wife for well, no, some no, no, reason. No. It says says that he's the emissary. He's like, says what that the he's fuck the emissary. does that mean? And then tells oh, him, yeah. yeah, yeah, she tells him to uh, go get the orb. The orb <laughs> makes whatever. you trip fuck and see your past. Yeah, the plot device. Activate the, the plot, plot device. <laughs> um, God, that sounds like a Spaceballs thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, when will this plot be now? <laughs> God, God damn it. <laughs> yeah so yeah we, we get this kind of thing where it's like oh okay here's he's it's cisco and dax uh or no cisco trips balls after the the plot device triggers and sees his dead wife for the first time and then ends up in the wormhole and meets the creatures the i don't prophets. know what you call them the prophets yeah they're a bunch of yeah. weird aliens the big the Bajoran prophet. There's some weird yeah. non-linear aliens. Like they are probably fourth or fifth dimensional. They don't Something experience like time in the yeah. way that pretty much every alpha and beta quadrant species does. One hundred. They they are real weirdos. Also, uh, yes. as a result, they they communicate by showing you memories of yours talking to you. Through, mm-hmm. like, or mm-hmm. you, the to- they talk Which, through your memories. Honestly, I like that. I think that that's really cool. Because it's also like, rude. I mean, super rude, <laughs> but they also don't get that. Right? No, they don't like, know what rudeness is. Hey, we is. see you all, all these points, so we're going to appear in these points to make you feel comfortable. Which then makes you feel super uncomfortable. <laughs> 100%. The entire time. Um, that's actually one of the recurring there's... things I like a lot in the series. Is yeah. whenever the prophets are like... Hey, what's up? <laughs> I'm in your fucking head. We're being uh, super weird again. And I need something. <laughs> I need something yeah. from you. So the Bajorans think these things, these things are prophets. They're just weird aliens. But, you know, hey, keep it up. But weird they've, aliens. they've safeguarded Bajor for a long time. Other than, they you did. know, the Cardassian Cardass- occupation. Right, right. I mean, you know, Cardassians, real good at shooting things, you know? Um, Not to... Not to dwell on the Bajoran prophets, but uh, I, I did like their like really feeble attempt at uh, summing up our thoughts on human mortality in like four seconds. Oh yeah, um, I actually enjoy that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> it was, they were like, "You mean you live your life knowing you could die or something like that?" They're like, "Yeah," and then they just kind of move on. You're like, "Okay, yeah." Wild. Well, that, anyway, well, the, the conclusion <laughs> that they come to as well, where like, because you know, Cisco's sad about his wife which makes sense yeah and so they they kind of call him out on it where it's like okay so you're a linear being but you're constantly thinking about this Mm -hmm. yeah that's not very linear (laughs) like hey oh yeah yeah. roasted what's (laughs) what's this what's this bullshit 
Which, idiot. <laughs> yeah, idiot. When you think about your dead <laughs> wife again. stupid line being you're human how about you cry more about trauma that's happened in your past (laughs) fucking got him (laughs) two of my high five high five at each other (laughs) (laughs) just annihilated but yeah they uh, they kind of call him out on it but yeah, it's, I will say it's super interesting. Uh, the other, the other big plot point that we're we're kind of yeah. glossing over is the whole, the wormhole, that main mm-hmm. thing, the fixture of the series. You the, know, if you're listening the to the shows this, you've about probably seen it. They don't know that it's there, mm-hmm. and they're wondering like, well, how did these orbs keep showing up? What's going on here? And what are these fucking orbs about. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is the first time we see the stabilized wormhole. Basically, or the non-stabilized wormhole. Well, it's it's stabilized, but as they're going through the first time, and when they encounter the prophets, it's like bucking the ship around and everything, and they're like, "Fuck, what do we do here?" And then they yeah. land, and that's when they have the vision, and they actually talk to them and be like, "Hey, can we go through here? Like, is this an option? Could this work?" Yeah, because it, yeah, it's the wormhole. Take us to the gamma quadrant. quadrant. That's pretty hype. That's pretty far away. <laughs> pretty good time. Um, I will say, like, the, this, the Gul Dukat intro in this episode definitely, uh, does a good job of, like, showing that a lot of Cardassians, like, who aren't in the Obsidian Order, uh, a lot of, like, regular rank-and-file shithead Cardassians are, like, they will fucking, they, if they think someone is getting something they want, they will dive into the dumbest situation possible. Yep. Because Golducott's ass mm-hmm. is just like, I'm going to go in that wormhole. <laughs> I bet he's got I'm- other orbs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get the orbs from the source. And then he, he ends up in the Gamma Quadrant, and the fucking Yangzi has to tow him back through. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, it's wormhole, a little comedic. Yes. Like, it's, almost, it's funny. It's almost slapstick, but at the same time... Like it establishes like the it's, it goes on it helps establish how the Cardassians are kind of shitheads, like as as a, as like a as the as the series villain at least initially, Cardassians are shitheads, and they will oftentimes spite their own best interest uh, out of fear. Yeah, and it's kind of funny. Yeah, it's a and real thing. The the fun the fun toward the end of the the second episode we have Gul Jassad show up. Who is somehow more of a tool than Gul Dukat. They're all really big tools. They try mm-hmm. extremely hard to like out tool each other. Um so yeah, like the, the scene with him and Kira like bluffing Kira bluffing them with Miles O'Brien. Oh great yeah. scene. Super good. The whole time you're just like, oh man, you don't have any weapons at all. This is exciting. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 it kind of it, it does set things up for like this is a hot spot because yep. Bajor is not part of the Federation. They're technically outside of Federation jurisdiction. There's yep. this real hostile power right nearby that only just left, and it's not 100% clear. Like, yeah, I guess we signed an armistice or what or whatever, but we could just come slap you around again. And they try to, and they In try the to a lot. <laughs> So, yeah, like it's it does a good job of setting things up in a way that then the entire remainder of the season 
pretty much fails to capitalize on. It does. I will say there are a few episodes that at least do like a little character developing, but yeah, the rest of the first season is a little bit like, like as is tradition with Star Trek, like, you know, Treks struggle to find their feet in the early season. They, they struggle to find their feet and they recycle a lot of ideas. They do. Like if you look at the first season of uh, Next Generation. Yeah. It gets a lot of the first season is remember this plot from the original series. Hey, it's it's the original plot, and yeah, don't you remember that? Like that's that's kind of how it does. It's like pulling. They literally reference the Enterprise at least twice. Yeah, it's like pulling out the original, like their models of the original series and action figures, and like shoving them in your face. Like remember this, uh, and then it found its remember footing Star and it became Trek. its own show. Yeah. I will say DS9 does a little bit of a better job avoiding that particular thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the exception of, despite it being a good episode, the episode where they do the, the is is this person really capable of being a new individual kind of shit, you know. Oh, yeah. But it's a, that like, they're both good episodes. But that's kind of like, you're like, this is, oh, this is the data episode again. Okay. Um, anyway. So, yeah, listeners, if you enjoyed... Uh, I think that's that's the only thought. Like, I don't think I have ever, any other extraneous thoughts about fucking car. You about the uh, mm. the intro episode of DS Nine? No, I I don't know. I think we uh, I think we rounded the bases, man. It was pretty yeah. good. Uh, I just I'd just like to express how much I enjoyed it. It was and it, and it was a real joy to go back and and really watch in, intently. Yeah. It's just great. I mean, that's the thing. Like honestly, one of the things I want to do as we continue this, you know, assuming that we make our way through the entire series uh, is that I want to be able to recommend or not some oh, yeah. episodes ah, because there are definitely. parts of deep space nine. You don't have to fucking watch at all. Right. Yeah. Well, there's also 9 million episodes and there's of deep a lot space of episodes nine, so. of deep space. We may it's not get seven. all the way through, but we're going to try. Yeah. Yeah. And so listeners, obviously we're trying to kind of new things for content this week or this coming in the near future. Two new things. I'll, I'll talk about the second new thing when we're doing it. Um, so you'll know it was indeed the new thing I was talking about. Ah, but if you, if, if you enjoy this, let us know and we'll do more. Obviously, if you would like us to talk about Star Trek in this fashion, we definitely will. And we'll definitely be using it as an excuse to have our friends on again. That's how it works. That's the plan. Mm. Um, and if you don't like it, it's our show. So yeah. fuck you. Eat shit. I do what I want. This is America. Um, yeah. yeah, that's. Car, where can we find you? I mean, for the listeners who may not know yet. Oh, uh, yeah, you can find me over at the Friends Against Government podcast uh, with Bird Arkist. We do a little, uh, little, fun little show over there. We even have been known to talk about Star Trek from time to time, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, hopefully, you can find me on a future episode at some point talking about Star Trek on the Damn Woods again. Hell yeah, cool. All right, listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, and Oz, would you recommend the Emissary? I would highly recommend the Emissary. I think car. Oh yeah, dude. It's, it's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go watch, watch the, emissary. watch the emissary and then we will tell you what to watch next. 100%. And the emissary. You, it, might, it might be a little bit. Yeah. You <laughs> say a lot of words here. Um, the, the emissary is probably, I would say, obviously I recommend it. I would say it's probably the best Trek pilot. Oh man. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. 
Yeah, because I, I mean, I don't know how to, and I don't want to open a whole new can of You're stuff. Fine. Like, well, we're we can, closing we can out, open but some fucking I, cans. We're opening cans all the time. <laughs> this is damn woods. We're always about it. Uh, I don't remember, and maybe I'm way off because uh, I haven't watched TNG in a while. But I don't. I remember the TNG pilot being kind of upsetting to me. It's super weird. I, so I rewatched yeah. it this week. It is like original series style. Weird. It is. Yeah. It's very yeah. strange. Maybe that's what it is. It's like, yeah, it's like a, it's like at a weird crossroads between original series and Deep Space Nine, and they're like trying to figure out. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but the character. Like the characters in Deep Space Nine are so easy to start to be attracted to, even the ones that are supposed to be "quote unquote" bad. Like oh, that, yeah. that it's so so easy to just die, like hop right. It does a much better job of establishing the characters yeah. versus totally, uh, yeah, really Voyager or DNG or or what. Oh, the Voyager pilot is rough. It's a rough one. Um, I haven't watched that one in a while. It's tough. Uh, <laughs> the other thing, the other thing that's good too is that uh. uh they like and and we were talking about this earlier how sometimes it, it so TNG would just get really uh Picard centric and it was just he and his crew flying through space and i like how deep space 9 and i'll just focus it on this episode uh specifically are is like really di- there's just a lot of different characters that do a lot of stuff yeah 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 no and like each episode like the episodes will focus on one character and like everyone gets yeah. a spotlight Beyond just like I mean TNG later later in TNG it did that too, yeah. Uh, but TNG definitely fell right into like it's the whole crew on an adventure a lot, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but no, so yeah, DS Nine stays away from that at a at a at a greater rate than I would say TNG did. It, I will say Voyager tried to incorporate the good aspects of TNG and the good aspects of DS nine with regards to like the writing style, it seems not always successfully, but they would have like, Oh, here's a Neelix episode. Here's the Mm -hmm. famous that everyone loves and no one's weirded out by Tuvix episode. (laughs) Um, no one, (laughs) no one is horrified by that at all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I will say one thing every Trek does they're like it's a transporter accent episode and you're like fucking Christ <laughs> god damn here it we not go. again <laughs> here we we're doing it again I will say at anyway. least they change up what the accident is what? yeah but is. Like, everyone's a kid and then <laughs> guess what we use the death box again and something bad happens <laughs> <laughs> I just see the writers like like when everybody comes in to like re- you know go do a read through and they're just grinning like sliding the script across the table like <laughs> <laughs> so tra- and then everybody opens up the first page like god oh, damn it son of a bitch <laughs> yeah I guess that's this week this week's the transporter episode because yeah I mean I'm, I'm I'm thinking back on it because you know um, oh yeah Enterprise had the one with the person stuck in their own brain basically dreaming. What, oh, in the split second that they had transporter interference, uh, the original Mirror yeah. Universe episode was yeah. a transporter accident. Like, yep, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of it. It turns out it's a good, it's, <laughs> it's, a, the, it's, it's a good plot device. <laughs> <laughs> plot it's device, the go. Plot device, it sure <laughs> is. Activate the dangerous plot device. <laughs> Fire it up. That's Star Trek. We got them. 
<laughs> anyway, listeners, yeah. uh, if you enjoyed this, let us know. We will continue our our watch our our, our watch through of DS Nine in probably two to three episode chunks, and we'll continue having guests on. And if you're a listener and you want to come on and talk about Star Trek at some time, get at me or Oz. Hit us up. Uh, otherwise, thank you for listening. Check us out Wednesday. Goodbye. I love you. <laughs>